0: I want to tell you about uh, a brother, a brother from Pakistan. This brother, uh, his name was Parvez Mazah. And he was arrested in 2001, which is five years ago. He was beaten, he was placed in prison simply for operating a Christian school out of his home. He spent five years in prison. He said that the entire time that he was there, he asked God to just help me, to take care of my family, to minister to those that were seeking. Sixty people appeared in his courtroom in order to accuse him of violating the laws of blaspheming Muhammad. The good news is, is that this year, he was released from prison after 8,000 emails were received by the Pakistani government. The government uh, released him and allowed him to return to his home. And he just wanted to thank God that even though he's experienced some setbacks and some sufferings and some difficulties, that he is determined to preach the gospel in Pakistan. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for our brother that has dedicated his life to service. We pray your protection over him. We pray that you'll comfort him and encourage his family, encourage his wife and children, and bless his school, Lord. Bless that school, Lord, in Pakistan, that young men and women would learn the truth of the gospel and find the freedom in it. In Jesus' name.
1: Acts twenty-two twenty, And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I was also standing by, consenting to his death, and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And I have Philippians 1, 21 through 23. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what have I, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better.
2: Paul and Stephen? Yes. Okay. I chose to talk about somebody who... Uh, didn't necessarily fall exactly into either category except for the fact that they lived and died according to it. The definition of martyr is someone who gives their life (coughs) for the gospel. And Mother Teresa did exactly that. She not only was someone who gave her life... uh, to be married to just Jesus. But she also lived and died doing what the Gospel said because the Bible said, if anyone does it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And so even though she wasn't necessarily bestowed the rank of saint, she is. And though necessarily she wasn't murdered for the Gospel, she gave her life for it every day that she woke up. me and Heather chose to
3: do this on the the Theban legion I'm just going to read off of what the Fox's book of martyrs said about them in the year of Christ 286 the most remarkable affair occurred a legion of soldiers consisting of 6,666 men contained nothing but of Christians this legion was called the Theban legion because the men had been raised in Thebes. they were quartered in the east until the Emperor Maximinian told ordered them to march to Gaul to assist him against the rebels of Burgundy. They passed the Alps into Gaul under the command of Marticius, Candus, and Expernus, their worthy commanders, and at the length joined the emperor. Maximinian about this time ordered this general sacrifice at which the whole army was to assist, and likewise he commanded that they should take an oath of allegiance and swear at the same time to assist in the exportation of Christianity in Gaul. Alarmed at these orders, each individual of the Theban legion absolutely refused either to sacrifice or take oaths. The oaths prescribed. This is so greatly enraged Maximinian he ordered that the legion be decimated, that is, every tenth man to be selected from the rest and put to a sword. This bloody order having been put in execution, those who remained alive were still inflexible when a second decimation took place. Every tenth man of those living was put to death. The second severity made no impression than the first had done. The soldiers preserved their fortitude and their principles, but by the advice of their officers they drew up a royal remonstrance to the emperor. This it might have been presumed would have softened the emperor, but it had contrary effect. For it enraged their for it enraged at their perseverance and unanimity he commanded that the whole legion be put to death, which accorded, which was accordingly executed by the other troops who cut them into pieces with their swords on September the twenty second of two two eighty six.
1: I chose to do mine on Joan of Arc. Our Lord Jesus Christ told her to go help the French
0: army. The church didn't believe her; they thought she was crazy because she said that she heard voices. So they burnt her at the stake.
4: Joan of Arc. Jacques de, de Molay is the. Grandmaster, or was the Grandmaster of the Knights Templars. And uh, King Philip at the time wanted the uh, Grandmaster's money because they were very rich and they were endowed. And uh, he decided to make up false accusations and have them in prison. They were imprisoned for seven years and on 13, I think it was 1307, in March the 14th, they were all put to death and buried it, or burned at the stake.
3: Jacques de Molay.
0: We thank God for Jacques de Molay. Uh, And whether you all know it or not, the the Pope has just uh, released the papers that removed their excommunication. So the nice Templars have been cleared by at least the earthly church. They were already cleared by God.
5: (laughs) Mine is about a guy named Ibrahim that I went to CF and I with. Ibrahim was raised in a very wealthy family uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, At the age of 13, he came to Christ uh, through some missionaries. His father excommunicated him and told him to leave his house. And uh, if he ever called him in Saudi Arabia again, talking about Jesus, he would put him to death. So we left the country, um, lived with some missionaries in another country, and when he was 18 years old, went over to the United States, where I met him at. Uh, I was talking to him, a few weeks before we were to graduate and asked him what he was going to be doing and he said he was going back to saudi arabia to preach christ even though that was immediate death for him because his father put out a death warrant as he was within the government so
1: when i think about martyrs and people laying down the life so many uh, just spring to mind i mean people that laid down their lives to death and people that Sacrifice to the point that other people couldn't comprehend why they would give up what they would give up. I think of Hudson Taylor and Nora Lamb, and but there's a living one today that gave more than most, and that's Jackie Pullinger. She was a, a British lady who was still single in her thirties, felt the call of God on her life, and when she sought counsel from a pastor, where should I go? What should I do? Because Everyone else told her, You're too old. First, you're too old, and you're a single woman. You can't do that. Mm. Mm. Um, God doesn't pay attention to those. He pays Mm. attention to willingness of heart and willingness of obedience. And praise God that she got godly counsel that says, Well, if you don't know where, because back then they didn't have flights, they took boats get on the boat, buy a one-way ticket to the furthest point, get off in every port and pray, and when God says stay, stay. Hmm. So she did that. She ended up in Hong Kong, halfway around the world, a place where women are not respected at the time. She went into the Walled City. Now understand the Walled City is opium den after opium den, uh, gangs like you've never seen here in America, and we've seen some pretty bad ones, but multiply that. In fact, it's so bad that the police will not go in unless they go in in military strength. It was that bad. And this woman went in, single, by herself, and began to minister to these opium addicts and these drug lords and, and gang members, and saw God move. The, you know the walled city is no longer there. Mm. The gang members and leaders became Christians. The opium addicts were delivered pain-free. So when we remember martyrs, let's also remember what the hand of God did through the blood that was laid down for those martyrs. Yes, Amen. And she now pastors a church in Hong Kong that is multicultural. And I, I was honored and blessed to actually attend one of those services one time in Hong Kong. And as she can speak fluent. Cantonese, but she would train translators so that it could continue to go. Mm. And so when she would stand and speak in English and the translator gets get stuck, she'd turn and explain to them how to say it and then continue in English. And the worship, she's married now to a Hong Kong man uh, man, uh, who leads all the worship. So God moved mightily, tore down physical walls and spiritual walls and broke through. So, when I think of a martyr, and I remember what they did, it is sad, but there is so much joy and so much to celebrate because God is involved, and the miracles that follow the martyr is what I want to remember. And this, what Jackie Pullinger did, is who I want to light a candle for.
0: I'm going to light this candle for Myrtle Bloodwear. Myrtle was a faithful member of this church for years. And uh, one of the things that always blessed me about Myrtle is that when I'd go over to talk to her, she would ask about everybody that she knew in the church because she prayed for them and she wanted to know how they were doing. And uh, even when she had a stroke, she would still say, how is the church and how are the people? So thank God for Myrtle. Amen? Go ahead, chair. All right, go ahead.
1: Uh, Jim Elliott, remember, all the guys that died with him? I don't know much about it. You're talking
0: about the Indians in South America? Yeah, and
1: his wife, because she stayed and uh, ministered to those people even after they killed her husband.
0: Yes. Her husband, Jim Elliott, and uh, she she had the opportunity to even convert and lead the person that killed her husband to the Lord. So we thank God for Jim Elliott. I
4: I'd like to talk about my grandmother, um, who was Rita Davey, she was my mom's mom. Um, she was a devout Christian, um, followed Jesus all her life, and I believe that because of her faith and her strength, she was under constant attack um, from the enemy. But um, she never missed a day of church, and she never gave up, she lived for Jesus, and to protect her family and those she loved and her children and um, I believe that she's with Jesus now so thank you Lord. I just want to encourage everybody that sometimes uh, when you die for the Lord there's a great impact and sometimes when you live for the Lord there's a great impact I have three ladies I remember God uses women too um, Evelyn Thompson she is our Foursquare missionary who was there forever from the very onset of Foursquare I, I say that of her Foursquare because I think she was at the very beginning of the church so and, and she never faltered that doesn't mean she didn't have troubles but she never gave up And so the first one is for her. The second one is for someone everybody knows, but they know the husband better, or Ruth Bell Graham. Mm -hmm. Um, Billy Graham's wife. She passed away this past year, and she stood behind her husband just like um, Jim Elliott's wife did. She was beside him no matter what he did, and she took care of her children and she did what God called her to do the third lady is um, Lady Bird Johnson she too passed this year and she was the president's wife but she was a Christian she loved God she loved people and she gave her life as well so those three ladies made a big difference in our world. If Ruth Graham was not uh, the godly person she was, Billy Graham would not be as great a man of God as he is because wives do make a big difference in their husbands' lives. So don't negate what it is that's happening in your life right now. Sometimes we think, well, we're not worth anything, but we are. Look to God for what it is. So these are my three ladies. Evelyn Thompson. Ruth Graham. Lady Bird Johnson.
0: Evelyn Thompson was called the hammer by a man in the Philippines. And he, she asked him, she said, why do you call me the hammer? And he said, because when you speak, your words hammer at my heart. So we thank God for those lady.
5: Y'all heard of Billy Graham, right? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Tell us about it. It isn't about Billy Graham. <laughs> it's about John Kitts. Okay. John he was an old dear friend of myself and my wife. John Kitts was what, like ninety one years old when he died? No,
1: uh,
5: about that. About that. Um, in England he was he was the English version of Billy Graham. Hmm. Uh, spent 40 years... 50 50? Just 50. Years. Mm-hmm. 50 years in Africa. It was 40 years in... Oh my. Uh, K- one of the countries. Kenya. Right? Kenya. Thank with you. The, with the
1: pygmies.
5: Oh, the pygmies. Okay. He spent there um, for 20 years while he was over in Africa. He was a chaplain of one of the prisons for death row. Um, not a single person that he led to their execution, ever die without knowing Christ. Mm. Um, Incredibly humble man. I mean, he was one of the few people that actually wanted to talk to me and and spend some time with me. (laughs) Just a delightful Ah, old man. And for him, I would like to do this also. Just because when I needed someone, he was one of the people that were there for me. And besides the fact that he just did wonders, Oh, let me change that. He allowed God to work through him to do wonders in the countries. And this is for John Kitts.
0: I'm going to light this candle here. <coughs> for Georgia Bird, even though Georgia is still alive. When Georgia got out of high school, or college, excuse me, when she got out of college, uh, she came to Milledgeville. Somebody, Somebody said, why in the world did she take this town or choose this town? You know, I can't do anything but take her at her word. You know what I'm saying? That's all you can do. She said God told her to come here. (laughs) You know, when God tells you to do something, you don't really have much of an explanation for that. You just have to either obey or not. When she came here, this was a little house. She lived back there in that section back there. Which had a kitchen, a bedroom, and a bath. That was all it was back there. And she lived in this house until, you know, they were able to get enough money to, to remodel and to, to add on. That that part out there was the first part to add on. They added that on. Uh, Mr. Pittman uh, from uh, over in uh, Hardwick added that on. Uh, Haddock, excuse me. Uh, Mr. Pittman used to have a plane, he used to fly a plane. A lot of your songbooks, if you ever noticed, your songs were bought by Ralph Pittman. Because Ralph Pittman played an important part in this church. And Ralph has passed away as well. I'm going to light a candle for Ralph. I want to just quickly read this. I won't take very long. Turkey has been in the news a lot lately. And uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff going on in our world. Some of it, I'm sure, is a signs of the times. But Wednesday morning, April 18, 2007, a German Christian and the father of three, Timion Gisach, Prepared to go to his office, he kissed his wife goodbye. Taking a moment, he hugged his son and gave him a priceless memory. Son, I love you. Goodbye. Tilleman rented an office space from a publishing company, which was in the location of an evangelical church there. They printed and distributed Christian literature... In eastern Turkey, in another area of the town, 35-year-old Pastor Nikatia Arin, father of two, said goodbye to his wife and left for the office. They had a morning Bible study, and believers in the town were also invited to attend. Uğur Uğur Yusel likewise made his way. To the Bible study that morning, only three attended, and none of these three men knew what awaited them at their Bible study. On the other side of town, there were ten men under twenty years of age who had somehow been touched by these three men. No one knows whether or not those twenty uh, or those ten men had actually received Christ had actually believed in Christ or not. Everyone understood them as being seekers of the gospel. These young men, one of them was the uh, son of the mayor of the province and part of the Tarkarit, which is a political party called the Faithful of Islam. And in order to be involved in government in that part of the world, you must belong to that political party. These ten men had gotten guns, knives, ropes, and towels ready for their act of service that would begin at the Bible study around 10 o'clock. They arrived and the three men were already began, had already begun their Bible study. Nicadia was reading the chapters from the Bible and in the middle of the reading of the Scriptures, these men sprung into action. They tied up Ugar. Nick and Tillman, and they began to videotape their brutality of torturing these three brothers or these three men of God who uh, are our Christian brothers for three hours. Neighbors in the place called the police thinking that they had a domestic dispute going on. Repeatedly, the police were called to the property. When one policeman arrived, he heard unusual gurgling sounds and snarling sounds. He beat on the door and said, Police, open up! No one would answer the door. After many minutes of beating on the door, he loaded his clip, prepared to break the door in when finally the door was unlocked. When he entered he was faced with a grisly scene. Tillman and Nicadia had already been slaughtered and Uger's throat was slit but he was still barely alive when these three men were investigated by the police department, it was found that the police department had them listed as terrorists along with the PKK and the Al-Qaeda. They were listed as terrorists because they were converting by bribery, according to the police department, people to Christianity. You know, I talked to Marielle several times about this and this has happened in her country of Sri Lanka. You know, as Christians, usually when a person... Like you said about your friend Umar, is that how you said his name? Ibrahim, I- excuse me. Ibrahim. Uh, so many times when a person comes to Christ, they're punished by their friends and families. And so if I am a Christian, I give somebody a job because I notice that they've been punished by their family. The people on the outside think that I've bribed them into Christianity. You understand? Because I've tried to show kindness and love and maybe give them a place to sleep when their family's throwing them out, giving them some food when their families won't help them, giving them a job when no one else will help them. Other people say, well, see, they bribe them to become a Christian. Isn't that it's kind of a twisted way of looking at things? But a lot of people see our love for one another as being some kind of bribery. The official response in Ankara... The capital was, maybe they will get the idea that we do not want Christians here. Isn't that a shame? Maybe they'll get the idea that we don't want Christians here. The young men that were involved in killing these three believers are now in custody. They are being tried as a terrorist. However, because the investigation centers around the fact that these Christians were also listed as terrorists and people have said such things as killing these three Christians was being in service to Allah, not everyone thinks that anything is going to happen to the man who actually did the killing. The burial of these three men was very difficult. One man was allowed to be buried in an ancient believer's cemetery after much media attention. Another man was buried by his own Muslim family who refused to believe that he had ever converted. His believing Christian wife was not allowed to attend the funeral because it was a Muslim funeral. So she stood over a hundred yards away as they took her husband to bury him as a Muslim. She said, my husband is a believer. His death had full meaning because he died for Christ and lived for Christ. He was a gift of God. When asked by a newspaper reporter, the wife of Nikta said, I don't want anybody to have revenge. I want them to understand that they are forgiven and that I forgive them and that I pray for them. One newspaper reporter said that her words, her one sentence words, were more than what a thousand missionaries could have ever done in a thousand years. in hopes that maybe, or we hope that maybe her words will make an impact on all those people who have read about this in that area in the newspapers and in the media. The few believers remaining in that area have gone underground and perhaps will continue their work quietly and secretly. One newspaper said, our world is turned upside down, repeating and reminding us what it says in Acts 17 and 6, that the men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. We don't pray that God remove the persecution from our brothers in Turkey, but we do ask that God will give them perseverance. We do ask that God will give them courage. We know that our brothers are with the Lord. And we ask that God would strengthen their families who have been left without the support and love of those that they needed and wanted and had. One man said, these are the first, murder, first martyrs for, the, for the, Christ, the Church of Christ in Turkey in hundreds of years that have become so publicized. We hope that this will make a major difference in the perception of Christianity here in this part of the world. At one of the funerals, which was attended by over 300 believers, the government came and took everyone's name. The government came and took everybody's picture. So all of those Christians risked their lives their fortunes, their futures, to attend the funeral of someone that they believed in. The Lord Jesus Christ and His church is being honored. Amen. Amen. I pray for those three brothers, and I ask that God would remember them and their families and the suffering church there in Turkey. Father, we thank You for the lives We thank you for the sacrifices. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for those men and women who have inspired and encouraged us. Father, we pray that through your direction, through your leading, we would live lives that would be examples to others as well. Father, we take so many things for granted. We take so many things, Lord, just as being ordinary, in reality, Lord, they're sacred. I pray, Lord, in your holy and wonderful name, you would help us to take things seriously, Lord, and help us to remember those men and women who not only have died for the faith, but have also lived a, a life of example to each one of us. Help us to take courage, Lord, in our walk
1: with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.